Hello, and welcome to the Moncast, where we compare Pokemon and Digimon. I'm Stevie, and as always, I'm joined by Quinn. Howdy! I didn't hear you say hello. Oh, I, I did. <laughs> I just got dead silence. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. It was Vandimon. Vandimon stole your voice. He did, he did. Just like my dreams. The current score is 25-24 to Pokemon. Voy, it's close. And this time we're discussing the 50th episodes. Two hits and a miss, and a million points of light. We recommend watching the episodes before you listen, but you do you. And of course, a big thank you to our fantastic patrons for supporting the show. If you join them, you get early access to the uncut versions a week ahead of the edited version, unless I'm late. Let's start off with two hits and a miss. The miss is the the pink-haired girl. God, I love Chigusa's aesthetic. So good, I love her. Why is it called two hits and a miss? Um, There's a lot of misses, not many hits. I don't know. Yeah, there there, there were a lot of misses. We start off, though, with a near miss, because Tauros goes charging at a man. Very old man. Is Is it a pun on Chigusa just being a girl because she's a miss? I don't know. You undercut my beautiful segue. I'm sorry. So I just said something about a near miss with an old man under count. React appropriately. <laughs> the old man is like, what if Uncle Eero suck? Uncle who? Uh, from, from Avatar. Oh! He, he was Zuko's, you know, don't mean that. Is, is he the Fire Nation uncle? Or is it a different uncle entirely? Okay, yeah. Fire dude's elderly uncle. Doesn't he eat lots of donuts or something? Uh, he drinks a lot of tea. Which, you know, might be donuts in the dub. <laughs> Just there with a cup of tea, like, yes, donuts. Perfect. He gets a name, but it, I've not written it down because I didn't care. Well, it's not his actual name, but Shihan's his title. But I'm going to call him Shihan because there's a, the, my dad teaches at a dojo, and there's an old man that I've known there for the last 25 years that I still don't know his name because he's just Shihan. So he's Shihan. That's pretty cool. I like that. So yeah, the old man is interested to see how well... Ash uses his Pokemon. Somehow Ash manages to stop a charging Tauros with a, like, 20-pound Bulbasaur. The physics on this do not work. At all. Nope. Bulbasaur is clearly a dense animal. Just the amount of times he's caught kids falling through the air and not being flung. Like, I'm at least a little bit willing to, to suspend my disbelief on that, but no, no, this is an actual goddamn bull. Yes, this is some actual goddamn bull. Why not do it against Miltank doing pretty much the same thing. Anyway, they they start off with this dude with the, the Taurus, who is just not important. He does not show up again ever. No, he doesn't. It's kind of weird how many times they, they have faked us out with, like, uh, oh, like the kid who, uh, his Growlithe was, uh, in the ICU at the Pokemon Center. Oh, uh, yeah. And Ash is just like, yeah, who who did that? I want to go fight them. Anyway, bye. But we get a much better side character, because, ah, uh, Chigusa. Chigusa has the best aesthetic. And a weird name. I think they say a name, like, maybe twice in the whole episode. Yeah, they do not say it much. Which is a shame, because she's good. She's great. Why doesn't she have her own show? Shigusa Chronicles or something. Yeah, that'd be bad. I'd be up for a show in an anime starring Shigusa. Uh-huh. Like, she has the best outfit in all of Pokemon. It'd totally be called, just like, Shihan Shigusa. Yeah! I'm gonna be the fifth Shihan Kage. Yeah, do it. That'd be bad, that'd be bad. Anyway, yeah, Grandpa's mad because she is apparently not a very good Pokemon trainer, which I sort of thought they were going to go with old man is just, you know, kind of a Pikachu. to children, but 
No, no, she just actually kind of sucked. She had, like, one mistake she was making, which was just not talking to a Pokemon enough. And, I mean, that makes sense. Her Pokemon is a Hitmontop that's spinning around rapidly, so it can't really see what's going on. It's just really hard on her for a fairly minor mistake. And he also seems quite sexist. <laughs> he really is. Hey, kid I've never met, you're going to succeed me. Yep, instead of... I think Shigusa is his daughter. Uh, granddaughter, but yeah. Granddaughter. That makes more sense. Pokemon characters aren't allowed to have parents. You're not wrong. At most, they get one. But yeah, Grandpa Shihan. He's totally just being sexist most of the time. It's just like, oh, you're doing all this ballet stuff. Yeah, which, like, I'm sorry, good martial arts is not that different from dancing. I'm not keen on Shihan. Yeah, he sucks. I think, in terms of the, the filler character scaling this episode, it goes Shihan's bottom, Shiro second, Shigusa's top. I expected to dislike Shiro, but he's he's just there, and like his motivation is fine, I guess. He's basically doing a, a gym badge challenge, but with dojos instead. But I think my favorite thing about Shiro is how he says he's doing all this to, to gain respect. But then he's just like, if you won't fight me, then I'll just take it and buy forfeit. Uh, again, that's just part of the old tradition. How does that get respect? Well, he's not going to tell that part of the story. I know, but it's like, how many of the other dojos have just forfeited out of stupid things? He showed up while Shihan was sick, and then, you know, nobody was around, so he went, Pikachu! I've taken this. I win by default. Shiro is such an ash. Shiro the dojo destroyer. But anyway, he has exactly one Pokemon. I like that for all of his, like, ridiculous bragging, Shihan cannot do any Pokemon fights anymore, and neither can his Machamp. Machoke. It's not even a Machamp. I get really weirded out that, like, every Pokemon gets it pronouns. It seems like it's such a weird decision. These are your friends. Why do you refer to them as objects? Most of the time they just call them by the species name. So it's like Pikachu. But yeah, fighting type Pokemon in general weird me out, just because they're so human. They're a little uncanny valley. I do like Hitmontop, though. Hitmontop is adorable. Hitmontop doesn't cross that line into just being a dude. Unlike Hitmonchan and, like, Machoke, who are just big dudes who fight. Machop is kind of adorable, even though really just a child. It's a small boy with plates embedded in his head. Mm-hmm. That was the design. Fighting types are weird. Fighting types are weird. And the whole conversation about fighting Pokemon is confusing as well, because a lot of Pokemon are fighting Pokemon, but only some are fighting type. And Ash doesn't have any, but he still gets to run a dojo, because Grandpa sucks. Because he saved Grandpa from a bull that one time. Sure, Ash is pretty experienced at this point, but he's not dojo master material. Yeah, he has no martial arts experience, which feels like it should be a prerequisite. Yeah, I also feel like knowing him for more than half a minute should be a prerequisite. Also, I like that Ash has never heard of a Pokemon Dojo, but apparently there are at least 12 of them. He's been to Dojos before in previous episodes. Were there Pokemon-specific Dojos? Yep. Wow. Okay. Ash. Come on. There's like one with a Caesar at some point. Well, that may have technically been a training school or something. One of the gyms in the first Indigo League is a ninja place. But yeah, I think we're missing the good parts of the episode. Yeah. Namely, most of the stuff around training Shigusa and all Shigusa's battles are really good. Yeah. I, I like that they're just like, we're going to train you all night. And then they, they just look up at the moon and you come back and she has a determined look on her face and a tiny bandage and you know she's been working hard all night. That's how it works. We didn't even get a training montage. We literally just got a fade to black. We had one training battle, which was pretty good. Bulbasaur spun his vines around a bit. And then Shihan went, you just need to tell your Pokemon where to dodge. And that was it. Yeah, apparently uh, he, he just never thought of 
telling her what specifically she should improve on before. Instead, he just let her think that she was an awful Pokemon trainer, without any guidance as to how to change that. She hunts the real victim here. Sorry, real, uh, bad guy, antagonist, that's the word I was trying to say. The real villain. Yes, yes. Word that starts with D, there we go. No, she hands the real victim. He's constantly being upstaged by his granddaughter in his own dojo. I mean, honestly, that does kind of seem like his motivation. Basically. He's too old to even do any of his training and teaching stuff. Yeah, he's, he's like, I'm out, I'm out of practice, which means he hasn't actually taught anyone anything in a very long time. Why was he even out walking that morning? It's hard to say. Mostly so that Ash could be present, I guess. I also don't like the fact that he basically just says that she's bad at working at a team because she made one poor strategic decision, which is a completely different thing. Apparently it's impossible for her to win unless, you know, she learns one one simple trick. Gym leaders hate her. This one simple trick will make you win every Pokemon battle. It's called using words. Be the protagonist. That also works. But not everyone can do that. For some reason, Team Rocket feels the How did they even know to show up here? Because they just follow the kids. Team Rocket shows up in ninja outfits. Normally they give us, like, at least two, three minutes of how they came to know to steal this particular Pokemon. And nope, they just showed up. They had binoculars and looked at Hitmontop. And were like, we want one of those. Giving one of those to the boss would be Hitmontop or something. That was the pun. I did not know that James still had Victory Bell. He does. Th- there was a great line from James. which was like, I choose you and Victory Bell choose me. Aww. That's adorable. Such a good line. I appreciate that Matt and the Oath just goes etc. when they show up the second time. I appreciate that the second time they show up, it's in a, a giant mecha Meowth. And it lasts about 60 seconds before being blasted off. Despite being the coolest thing in the whole episode. That's very true, yeah. It's a mecha Meowth. It's so cool. I like mecha Meowth. Why did it have boxing gloves? They like boxing gloves, because they don't look as aggressive. I guess. I, I think they just didn't want to have, you know, giant friggin' claws. They don't want anything that could do lethal damage in Pokemon. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about this. No, it was a very entertaining little filler episode. It was very entertaining. Pretty standard. Chigus's pink hair with the blue accents. She really makes the episode, I'm sorry. It was pretty good filler. And I, I did like the focus on battling, because we got a good, like, three in the bit battles with some actual strategy to it as well which is good so yeah i like pokemon battling who knew it's best when ash isn't involved funnily enough are we ready to move on to the episode that we are going to talk a lot about (laughs) i think so i think it has a bit more going on a million points of light this time Woo! So, uh, Venom Vandemon is covering the world in darkness, as one does. It's a little unclear what, what happens after that if he succeeds, but hey. What I got from this is that essentially, my Myotis one is just Devimon from season one, but a bit bigger. Pretty much, yeah. And he even sounds like him. He really does. The dying of the light, and no one to rage against it! Mwahaha! Devimon straight up says, like, you are powerless to stop me. He really does. Yeah, Mami Otisman would totally say that. They, they are just the same thing. You can't change my mind, I won't let you. I quite like Mami Otisman. He's just so extra. He's very hammy, but I'm into it. I think my favourite thing about him is that the wings make it look like he's constantly T-posing for dominance. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like, even when he's shooting the beams of darkness into the real world, he just looks like he's T-posing. He only has, like, one other attack, which is even more darkness. Screaming darkness, that's it. God, that's so extra. We go up against him, and they're like, oh no, we're losing. And then 
Ty tries to open a gate and it does not work, but then for somehow every digi-destined across the world also knew to hold up their digivice to the sky at the same time. There was a big hole in it. I mean, I guess that's fair. But still, like, I feel like you should have had one kid who was a little slow on the uptake. They didn't have one kid. They had, like, 12 kids sat in the weird dimension who were slow on the uptake. That's true, although they did not have digivices to hold up, so you gotta give them that. They were just slow. Also, even though a a million children across the world were against him, those 12 kids managed to undo all of it by being slightly down about things for valid reasons. It's true, negativity does often carry more weight than positivity. I suppose, but I still feel like that's a that's a lot of positivity. I mean, there isn't really a million. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Only 80. Only 80 points of light. I mean, that's still too many, because we saw maybe three dozen Digidestins throughout the series, and that's probably a lot more than we actually saw. They grossly overestimated the amount of Digidestined. That's fair. Where were all these kids before? I, I feel like most of them just would have been helping out in the world tour arc without the kids. I mean, it is weird because, like, they, they did not have a way to send Digimon home, so I don't know, I guess they must have killed a bunch of Digimon. That's rough. I feel like that's the truth. I guess. Ouch. Poor Digimon. <laughs> so, yeah, we we start winning, and then we start losing again because small children are, in fact, easily swayed into negativity. There's some real depression that we're just not going to treat in these children. But then we, we have them all discuss what they want to do with their lives and, and what their dreams are, and it's fine again. Yeah, and Davis wants to run noodles. It is sure interesting that when we had an episode in a noodle restaurant where we made noodles, we didn't mention this. That would have been a good time to, to bring that up. It's almost like they didn't do any planning after this. You might be onto something there, Quinn. Silly fact, uh, for every other part of the dub, uh, Joe's two older brothers were turned into a single older brother, and they forgot to edit them into a single person during the, this episode. So yeah, Joe, Joe just hates one of his brothers enough that he never talks about him. What, do you mean a second brother appears? Yeah, so in the in the Japanese version, he always had two brothers, and then for some reason in the dub, they, they turned two people into one, except in this episode where they're standing next to each other. So, like, did they edit out one of the brothers out of scenes? Before? No, they just, they just gave them both the same name and pretended they were the same person, because they look a lot alike. And this is the only time they're ever standing in the same room. Honestly, I didn't notice, because I couldn't be bothered pausing to try and actually remember who all the parents and people were standing there, because honestly, who cares? Yeah. I recognized a few faces, and that was it. They, they were just there to be like, yeah, we we love our kids. We support our children. We support our kids in saving the world. Also, they were worried that Black War Greymon's noble sacrifice would have actually, you know, destroyed the world accidentally, but then that doesn't happen. Which does feel like a thing that, that he would do. Is he totally just says, like, Black War Greymon's sacrifice may have actually screwed us over, guys. What, you mean Black War Greymon tried to destroy the world? Doesn't sound like something he'd do. He didn't, though. It's just like, Black War Greymon may have done a whoopsie. <laughs> That's fair. But then it's fine, because apparently 80 children is enough to force a gate to open. Also, gates opened in the middle of the ocean on Izzy's computer. So yeah. Digidestin just on boats somewhere, I guess. Also, the gate's in a completely different location to where Black Oak Greymon closed it. Because this gate's opened at the summer camp, whereas that one was closed at, like, Hatton Terrace. Yep, that is correct. It doesn't make any sense. But we needed to get one more Black Oak Greymon reference in. We need a second Black Oak Greymon to close off the other gate as well. 
But I don't care because they show the waves splashing over all the Digidestined as they go, and that's just so much nostalgia for the very first episode of Adventure that I forgive it all. Then then we win, and everybody recites their dreams, and somehow that kills Venom Vandemon, which is good, but it, yeah. Then those kids walk across the, the, the border that they didn't walk across, and suddenly the Digimon appear. Hooray! Who could have guessed? They all have Digimon now. And D3s! Hooray! Which you would think was foreshadowing something, but it's definitely not. Why do they get D3s? Like, everyone else got regular digivices in the real world. I'm pretty sure it's because they were supposed to be the season 3 crew that never came. I really hope not, because they were depressed. Well, you know, they, they had a reason to be. And they, they had bad character designs. I mean, there's the one I sent you a picture of who is literally just Jury, and she wants to own a bakery while blushing. She's thinking about Picado, I'm sorry. They were just too indistinct to be the season three characters. I mean, yeah, I don't really disagree with you, but I, I still think that was the plan at one point, and then it just doesn't happen. Instead, we get the thing we've been avoiding talking about, the epilogue. The epilogue is not that bad. It's fine. I like that you can tell we're in the future now because all of the the computers are just holograms. And also because TK's hair's grown. It's not good. He's got a mullet. <laughs> Why does he have that hairstyle? <laughs> because Hikari left him and no one is around to tell him that he can't. But uh, you've got to admit, the way they transition into the epilogue is smooth. It's pretty good. Before epilogue, though, we haven't even gone over arguably the best part of the whole episode, which is Oikawa. Oh, yeah, we did miss Oikawa. Oikawa, the guy who I hated. He gets a little bit of a redemption, finally, and I'm into it. I thought he was completely irredeemable, and then he just goes and he he does an Anjumon. He really does, and what's really funny to me is that he could have just wished to not be dying anymore. That's not... that's OP. But we're in the world where whatever the hell you wish becomes true. He could just decide not to die anymore. Even in the wishing world, Malmayotismon needed dark spores to give himself substance. So you, you can't just wish something out of nothing. We literally wished to separate Digimon into three people. Yeah, but even then, it's like you've got the Digi-eggs and the stuff, and I, I don't know. I'm just saying, if everybody had taken out their Digivices and pointed at him, he'd have been fine. No, that's not true. They all pointed the Digivices at Anjumon, and he still died. Yeah, but they pointed the Digivices at Anjumon to make him more powerful. They didn't point the Digivices at him when he was dying. Because they'd already pointed the Digivices at him. Uh, yeah, you only get one per episode, and that they, they, they used it up already. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had to die. One Digivice pointing per episode. This time it was used to kill Marmeotismon. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's valid, but still. I, I feel like it would have been worth a second shot, or all those kids who just got new Digivices could have done it. Could have tried. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. But, I mean, it's just so good. Cody goes back for him, and it's just like, my feels. Cody, you're a character now. Why did this happen? <laughs> he had to get two full minutes of character development. We also do establish that Oikawa's Digimon is the same one he played with in the 80s on the on the Super Nintendo somehow. How did it go from Cody being the most boring one of the three new ones to being the best one of the three new ones? He really got his time in the spotlight. He's so boring! And then he does this! And then Oikawa, he does an Anjumon, and it's just like, wow, you are literally the only other person to ever have done this. That's true. We do get a reference to that in Young Hunters. There we go. That's the name of the bad part of Cross Wars. When Ken shows up, you get butterflies as well, which is cute. Point Oikawa on the same level as Anjumon. I know. It's kind of hard not to say that he's a redeemed character at that point, because 
He's Jesus now. Yeah, he he literally is. I do kind of wish that he hadn't actually always been basically good and just was manipulated by an evil person, but it's it's fine. They they earned that a little bit. They took more than ten seconds to do it. He wasn't pale anymore when he died, so that means he was good. That's true. I'll I'll take that over Kingdom Hearts. People with dark skin are evil, and it's definitely not good. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, now we can go into the epilogue. They all have kids. Not a single one of them didn't want to have kids. They all have kids. They they do. That's my main gripe, is just why do they all, all of them have kids? I I just don't buy Yovia straight or Ken as not ace. But she had pink hair. Do straight people have pink hair? I, only Karen. Karen doesn't have pink hair. Karen has brown hair. And if she doesn't have brown hair, it's dyed blonde. Okay, that's fair. I do really like the, the black-haired Yoli with the overalls. It was a good little design choice. Yeah, that's cool. But most of the kids are just very slightly tweaked parents. Yeah, very, very much so. Uh, e- even that is a very light tweak. I just think that Yoli looks good with black hair. She does. It's very witchy. I am a big fan of Agumon in a suit. Yes, but also why? <laughs> I don't know. Digimon don't need clothes. They they really don't. And yeah, adult Mimi just looks so good. Also, her child is clearly Izzy's. That's a real hardship. And we don't see Mimi's partner or Izzy's partner, so they could totally be together. She has a cooking show, I love it. Also, Mimi's outfit is still, like, cowboy outfit. And then she also has her cooking show version, which is so good, I love it. I love her hair. Ah. See, I, th- there isn't really anything that I don't like about the epilogue that much. Matt being an astronaut for no reason. It's out of nowhere, but sure, whatever. He literally is the only one with a defined career path. He was a musician. Astronauts can be musicians, too. I mean, I guess, but I I feel like he should have mentioned any interest in space before now. I would have believed Izzy as the astronaut before that. No, like, Izzy's and Joe's make sense. Well, they just do more of the stuff, but they're older now. I've always had canon that, that Joe becomes a Digimon doctor because he fails to get into med school. Yep. Is it good canon? It's a little mean to Joe, but also Joe consistently fails in all of his studies, so... So he just makes his own specialization. I, I do wish that Sora's was different, because why fashion? Sora kind of agreed to run Mom's flower shop. We had a whole thing about this. It, it was a different time. People were still learning that women can do things too. I guess. She had a whole thing. She didn't want to do it. And then she did. She she got to know her mom. She learned to love. And then nah, nah. She's a woman. Must must, must put her in fashion. Woman does fashion cooking or housewifery. Oh, or, or teacher, Fakari, who we discover wants to be a teacher in... Episode 49. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's fine. I, I'm willing to accept Hikari as a teacher. Let her know where, but at least it's not super far out of character for her. But you could have gone places with it. So, it's a little uninspired. The astronaut thing still bothers me. I'm fine with it. I have to say, this the epilogue is better than I remember it being. Yeah, it's, it's really not that bad a, a last episode overall. The amount of shipping that doesn't make sense. For instance, Miyako and Ken just... Out of nowhere, that's not established at all. No, like, Yoli has a massive crush on Ken from the very start of the series. Then they become friends, and then they become lovers. Yeah, it's gone completely away, and Ken never acknowledges it, or even knew about it. It would be better if Yoli and Kari got together. Yes. Oh my god, that'd be such a good little pairing. And then they could adopt children who don't look just like them. Yeah, do that. Yoli can have an actual career. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Also, why do so many of these kids go into law and similar career paths? Yeah, I will give that Eori's makes sense. He, he's not going to be a cop like his dad. He's actually doing the opposite of his dad's job. He's still trying to send down bad guys, isn't he? Uh, no, he's a defense attorney. So he's defending innocent people instead of prosecuting, well, going after the bad guys. Exactly. He's like doing the opposite of his dad's job. It's, it's not, it's still, it's still justice. He's just working for the good guys instead of working against the bad guys. It's not the opposite thing. It's just a different way of enforcing the law. But yeah, why, why do Ken, Cody, and Ty all go into like, law-driven jobs. They need to give men prestigious jobs in a way that they do not feel the need to do for women, where one of them literally doesn't get a career. What's the list? We have diplomat for Ty, astronaut for Matt, noodle cart billionaire, we'll put entrepreneur for Davis, detective for Ken, Dr. Joe, computer scientist is here, I guess. We've got lawyer Cody. And then for the women, we have fashion designer, Nothing, cooking show, teacher, and uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody. No, that's all the characters. Okay, yeah. Do you think that there's five, but Kari graduated from first series to second series? That's fair, that's fair. So that's why it's easy to lose track. Our choices here are really obviously sexist. The male characters get diplomat, astronaut, entrepreneur, detective, doctor, computer scientist, lawyer, and writer, while the women get fashion, cooking show, teacher, housewife. Yeah. The, the CD dramas for the Japanese try to make that slightly better by having Miyako just, like, being a, a programmer who happens to be on maternity leave at the time. But it's not good. It's slightly better, but the other three choices are also still bad. I, I have a feeling they would get, like, very different jobs if they did this epilogue again now. Because they'd be like, wait a second, this is kind of problematic. <laughs> we should probably change this. If only we had a third season that could have retconned this. I reckon Izzy should have gone into fashion design. TK should have gone into fashion. With that mullet. Again, we should have retconned that. I'm just saying, like, Try really gave him some weird fashion choices, and I want to see the world in which he sets the trend. But wait, what if this is all just a work of fiction by TK and not this is real? That's a good one. Also, I'm a, I'm still a big fan of this entire episode is just Daisuke's vision, and they all died. No, I just refuse that theory. That's what I have to say. This episode had its highs and lows. I think it had more highs than lows, though. Yeah, I definitely did not hate this episode. It was not as good as it could have been. It was mostly fine with a few stand-up moments with, like, Oikawa and Cody, which just stole the show. Because the feels, it definitely got me in the feels a few too many times. Cody trying to get Oikawa over the edge into the digital yeah. world before he dies. Oh. And then he, he doesn't make it and sacrifices himself to save the digital world. And she's like, ah! I want to know what happened to his partner. He finally saw his partner. <sighs> but even then, Oikawa's like, he's mine. And I'm kind of like, wait. Mm, mm, mm. You, you almost had it. Yeah, yeah, he didn't quite stick the landing. I, I get what he means, like, he's my partner. But, mm, you, you don't just say he's mine. <laughs> oh, the poor partner. I want to know what sort of Digimon that is. Because I don't think I've seen it before. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've ever seen it. It's a Deterimon. Does Terrymon exist anywhere else? Oh, you can't write that! Oh, the, the wiki article says, Deterimon is a slime Digimon, born from the fruit of large trees. It is said to appear to humans who have regained their lost hope. Aww. It's just, no, my heart. You can't do that. That's so sad. 
Oh no! That can't be right! The wiki page says, due to Obikawa's death, the tearful Terrymon quickly dies too! Oh no! That, no! No! The Terrymon should have gotten a new partner from one of the kids. That's not fair! Imagine how good that could have been! One of the kids doesn't get a partner, and then Obikawa dies, and then his Digivice appears. That could have been a whole- Thing. Ah. Oh, death is the saddest part of the whole episode. And the best part of the whole episode. It's one of the better moments of the season. I'm surprised I didn't remember it. Oh, wow. I've forgotten most of Zero Two before rewatching it. Like, I think I just binge-watched it the first time and forgot it afterwards. I was watching it as it came out with uh, my extremely nerdy friends when I was, like, 11. But uh, I was a small child, and all of my friends were super into it. I remember having debates about whether or not Ken was going to end up turning out to be a Digidestined. I'd like to say thank you, I was right. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's safe to say that this wasn't filler. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we lose half our recording and have to do it a second time, two weeks later, off of nothing but our memory, because my yep. notes have disappeared. What is it's great. going it's on? Great. All of this is awful. So, <laughs> let's start off with our Monsters of the Week. Ooh boy, these were episodes that I've forgotten. Yep, these were these were definitely episodes that we watched. Hitmontop was pretty adorable. There was Hitmontop, yes. In Digimon, was there anyone I particularly liked? Quite liked Malamayotismon as a villain, because it was really funny. Malamayotismon was okay. Oikawa's Digimon was very adorable, and I wish... I wish there had been anything to that. Also, we read on the wiki that, that uh, at least according to one random wiki article, the Digimon just dies when Oikawa is gone, and I, I do not like that. I did go back and check, and I didn't see anything happen to the Digimon, so I think it's still alive. That, that's good. I don't I don't want the Digimon to be dead. It was a good mon. It was a good Digimon. I don't want Oikawa to kill the Digimon to save the world, because that's not fair. They don't know each other well enough. Hey, I know we haven't seen each other in 30 years, but do you mind sacrificing your life? <laughs> that's a power move. A little bit. Next question. Who was worse, Ash or Davis? Definitely Ash. Yeah. I mean, Davis saved the world. What did Ash do? Ash just got, like, bullied into being a prop for Grandpa, who, by the way, runner-up for Monster of the Week, he's just a monster. His granddaughter's right there, and he goes the strange child who saves him from a cow. All because child has one fairly basic lesson he could have said in, like, six words to learn. Talk more with Pokemon. And boom. That's how teamwork work. Yep. Do you know how you run this podcast? By talking to each other. Does it work? Just about. <laughs> Most of the time. What's the next question usually? Best human character. We're really good at doing the show we've been doing for years. I've been doing it years. You've been doing it months. Hush. I'm significantly worse than you, is what I'm trying to say. But yes, best human character. It's a tough one. Nobody on Pokemon. Like, uh, the girl was cute, but... Called Shigusa, I think was her name. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else got a whole lot. Which is weird for the epilogue. I mean, Oikawa was kind of the star of the epilogue episode, which is weird. Yeah, and even though he wasn't great, he was fine. He got, he got, he filled out his redemption arc. I'll give him that. It only took like three attempts for him to be redeemed, but they got there. You won't redeem me. I won't let you. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple nominees like Izzy, who just calls Black or Greymon's sacrifice a mistake, which is just wow. No mercy from Izzy whatsoever. I mean, in fairness, Blackmore Greymon was just a mistake. Blackmore Greymon lives matter. Sorry, did you hear my awful, awful joke? I, I did, I did, I just... no. Just ignore it. 
it's, it's just bad. Anyway, this isn't a political podcast. Nope. But I think it's important we say that, yeah, Black Lives Matter, we are on that side. If you are not, stop listening because you suck. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway. Yes. Um, I think Oikawa is probably my pick for Human of the Week. He he had to get it once, and now he's not so much a Human of the Week as Butterflies of the Week. Aww. It, it is a little sad. It was very sad. I mean, he, he got the... He did an Angemon. He did do an Angemon, but unlike Angemon, he didn't just get to randomly come back like six episodes later. I know, that's why it's more powerful. He did a more powerful Angemon. We, d- we did an actual sacrifice for the first time in Digimon. Black Grimmon tried. Even Leomon got to come back. Did, didn't Saber Leomon, or like Leomon Saber Leomon, die? No, no, Ogremon goes off to search for him, but he will be back. And then he's not in Zero Two, which is what makes Zero Two not a good season. Not enough Leomon death. Yeah, I'm sure that's the only reason Zero Two's not the best. Which storyline was better? Definitely gonna say Digimon. Pokemon, standard failed plotline, um, nothing memorable. Digimon at least wrapped up everything, and the epilogue is a thing. Um, but it did hit me hard with Oikawa and Cody. The epilogue is definitely better than we remembered. Yeah, it's not as awful. It serves the problems with the whole women do women jobs things, or no job at all. They just have children. Which sucks. Not a fan. Didn't age well, but what can you do? Try and ignore it. I guess. Make more Digimon and have it be better. I mean, Pokemon doesn't have great representation of women either, so, I mean, in this very episode, the grandfather ignores his own granddaughter in favor of Ash. That is a thing that happens. Oh, the 90s. Boo. So, last question. Which episode are we giving the point to? I think we gotta go with Digimon. This is our opportunity to change our minds. <laughs> Everyone. I am still going with Digimon. It was a lot better than I thought the epilogue would be, and then, you know, it was better than an average episode of Pokemon, which is which is what we got. Pokemon didn't make me cry. Digimon came close. If Pokemon ever makes me cry, it'll be because it's so bad. But yeah, I, I agree with it, giving Digimon the point. Oh boy, that does make the final score. 25-25. It's a draw. Yep, it happens. Woo. They were both good this time. Were they both good, or were they both inconsistent in quality? I'm going to go with that. They were both inconsistent in quality. That's very true. But we will go more into that in the summary special, which we recorded in the past. This is a tiny whiny podcast. This is what happens when Quinn's recording fails. On the bright side, we only have to re-record 15 minutes of it, and it wasn't the whole episode, which would be significantly worse. Yeah, I would have needed to rewatch them both, and I did not want to do that. Should we have rewatched them for this? Probably. Maybe, yeah. So yeah, 25-25, anticlimax of the season. Let's do the outro. Next time, we'll be doing our summary discussion, where we just go over the series as a whole and compare the two, and do all that jazz. But if you want to talk about today's episodes, you can reach us on Twitter, via email and in the Moncast Discord, and you can support the show via Patreon to gain access to the Moncast Uncut. Of course, a big thank you to Quinn for joining me for this episode twice now. Where can the people find you? They can find me on Twitter, at RealYubico. Fantastic. All the links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Oh, yep, I didn't even hear you say that. My bad, my bad. I think, is our connection being a bit bad? It could be. Um, let me try a thing.
trying things. It's a risky move. It is. Doing things all is right, a safe maybe bet. better? Yeah, I can hit you fine. Okay, we'll see how that goes then. So by all means, lead us in with your Mjolnir. <laughs> I'll just edit out all of that bit. Hold on, I'm going to reset my internet, and then we'll just edit and pretend like I didn't. Cool. Just don't end the recording. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> How we doing? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Hello. I love that you do your own theme music. I do. Best song.